0: Hello friends and welcome back. Amber Driscoll has returned to share her journey with eating disorders and talk to us a little bit about the ways in which social media promotes disordered eating. So if you don't already know her, she's a model slash, well an ex model as we discussed in the last episode slash influencer who shares content around self-love, body positivity. She's also the founder of the Bambi Collective, which is an online community where girls come together to seek advice from each other and on all things that are relating to body image, sexual and mental health and relationships. So welcome back, Amber.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: Um, I'd just like to start this episode by adding in a trigger warning just in case that we will likely talk about uh, some references towards eating disorders. Although my aim here is to share, you know, inspiring stories in hopes of making people feel a lot less alone in the world for stuff they're going through. It may not have the intended effect, obviously. So if you think this episode does you more harm than good, please turn it off. Feel free to look at our other episodes or just go for a walk instead and take your headphones out and just admire nature. Now I'm not sure if you're familiar with someone called Rio Frederica, by any chance, Amber? No. So I just did an episode with her um, as well as really interesting on eating disorders. So she's a capital DJ and a fellow influencer and speaks really openly about bulimia, binge eating, Mm. uh, anorexia, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's so important to talk to people about this stuff because, you know, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. So approximately 1.25 million people in the UK have an eating disorder. 25% of those are male. Um, And I think just like I mentioned to you in the last episode, I think some of that just comes from almost like a lack of awareness or wanting to admit to yourself that there's anything wrong. Mm. Recent research from the NHS uh, Information Centre showed that up to 6.4% of adults displayed signs of an eating disorder. So since you talk a lot about your own journey with disordered eating, I just wondered if you'd be comfortable sharing your story with us today. Like where and why did you pick up an eating disorder? How did it start and... What kind of awareness journey did you go on with it?
1: so I remember being unhappy with my body maybe since I was about like twelve years old when I started to realize that women were sexualized and like certain bodies were seen as attractive like as soon as I kind of had that awareness I would then did not like my own body and then that was kind of exacerbated by social media, specifically Tumblr, when I was about I got that like, when I was like thirteen, fourteen. Um, because at the time there's this very weird culture of glorifying eating disorders, specific, specifically anorexia. And there was this hashtag of thin spur. So at that time the kind of trendy body on social media was like thigh gap, prominent hip bones and collarbones and yeah, and I kind of idolized that and I remember actively wanting to have an eating disorder when I was younger, because I thought that then I would have this body that the people had on Tumblr that people loved. And I wanted to look like that. And like, I would try and like develop an eating disorder when I was like 15, which luckily didn't turn into an eating disorder. Like that in itself was like, well, obviously disordered behavior to do with my body and eating. So I had a few years obsessing over my body and, working out and losing weight and then when I was at university so again I actually went through a bad breakup and I lost a lot of weight because I wasn't eating for like about a month and then people started complimenting me and it was I couldn't maintain the weight that I'd lost in any way so I started purging after a lot of meals because for me that was the only way I could maintain this weight and I almost didn't want to let people down that like had complimented my parents and that went on for maybe yeah yeah I think and it was this weird thing where like other people at university were doing it as well like after meals and before nights out and yeah there was just this whole toxic mentality going on I actually can't remember when I stopped doing that it was more just I started actually it was because of social media I started following people that had that were showing like not completely flat stomachs and embracing their bodies. And it made me slowly start to realise that maybe actually I don't have to look a certain way. And so it's not like I had this like miraculous like recovery and suddenly I decided to stop. It was like a slow thing. I almost can't remember a lot of it.
0: What were your friends and family like at this time? Like were you able to talk to any of them about it?
1: I didn't tell any of my family what was going on I definitely didn't want them to think that I had an unhealthy relationship with food or my body um friends because I was at university no one was particularly talking about deep topics we were just going out every night and everyone was exhibiting very unhealthy behaviors of like binge drinking and Like, loads of, so yeah, it wasn't exactly a thing that was discussed,
0: really. And what about like the role on social media then? So, as someone that's going through this experience with social media, like making a massive impact on either your recovery or making it worse?
1: Definitely positive for me. Well, it's important to like curate your feed, and that's what I always say. Like, a lot of people just follow accounts that look pretty or people that look. Attractive because it's like nice to look at, but not realizing the actual effect that that has when you're just constantly unintentionally comparing yourself to these people and thinking that that's the beauty standard. So, yeah, so I curated my feed to only sort of have positive influences on me, which massively helps. Um, although TikTok is very, very bad for it because you can't control what you see and like yeah you could look on like the following side of the feed but no one does that like everyone looks in the view page which is unique to tiktok like that's not what happens on instagram and, and but like no one looks to their explore page on instagram like you look at your following anyway so and because of the tiktok algorithm like if you engage with one video you get loads of them so over lockdown i saw loads of weight loss ones and so i started looking at them because i not because i was interested but i wanted to see like, what was out there and it was crazy what was Being put on my feed, and I can't imagine like looking at it with the self awareness I have. I know that like I'm not gonna be mentally affected by it. Like I'm more looking at it for research purposes. But I can't imagine what teenage girls are going through right now. Like I would, I think it would. I don't know TikToks. Yeah, really bad.
0: That's interesting. Like, what do you think the impact would have been like over lockdown, for example?
1: Like there was this whole thing about all the girls doing this Chloe Tim workout challenge and all doing this hourglass workouts. And it's like, you can't get an hourglass figure by working out that's li- that's just genetic. Like no matter how much, like two people could follow the same workout program and eat completely the same and they're not going to look anything alike. Like and a lot of people don't understand that. It's like sometimes scrolling through TikTok, it would just be a video of a girl just doing something and like she's got a nice body and all the comments be like, what's the workout routine? Or like, what do you eat in a day? And it's like that mentality of people thinking that if I do this, I'm going to look like this. Like People don't realize that that's not mm. actually attainable. And then it's also just horrible that people are constantly idolizing someone else and not appreciating their own bodies.
0: So as someone who's been through this journey and then come out the other side and is now on social media talking about this stuff, but like obviously clearly quite aware of what other platforms are doing and some of the damage that's going on, What is like your, what is your advice? What's your practical tips for people that might need some good insight on how to manage, like, I guess their own inner voice around body positivity or image?
1: I think, yeah, a big thing is just follow as many kind of like, well, I think everyone should follow body positive influence and act influences, but especially if you are going through a particularly tough time with your body image yeah, and unfollowing all the inspirational people you might be following because you want to look like them. And then on TikTok, clicking the not interested button in videos. But it's really hard because maybe even like deleting accounts for a while or like deleting the apps just for a while just to not be fed it so much. But it is really difficult now, I think, with TikTok and young people because a lot of people feel like they're missing out if they're not on it. Also actually just doing... Work and research, and research into accepting your body and fundamentally learning to accept yourself for who you are
0: which is like quite hard but
1: i feel like you need to have that like as a base
0: what do you say to your younger self now so you know looking back on a 17 year old amber what tips would you give that person
1: i would say other people's opinions of you do not matter nearly as much as what is right for you like you shouldn't let what you think other people think of you dictate your actions at all because you don't exist to look good try and be kind to yourself and that you'll get through it just because something is tough or horrible at the time like there's another side and you'll get over it
0: You did mention that, you know, if you like with your routine, if you don't go to the gym, for example, you start to feel quite uncomfortable with yourself because you just you know that you need it. What what kind of thoughts go through ahead and in, in, in those moments like, you know, are they sort of in negative self-talk or is it like more uplifting, positive chatter about what you should be doing?
1: No, because it's for me now, like working out isn't to look a certain way or to like punish myself and that's like another thing as well like people need to try and separate fitness from physical goals because then your relationship with fitness is always about changing your body and it's not enjoyable um so yeah focusing on fitness that you like and doing it for the right reasons is important so yeah for me it's more just it gives me energy and i just love the rush afterwards because i just feel it just makes me feel great it's like it's like it feels to me like a life hack like wow you can feel that great after a workout like it's definitely not negative talk it's more do this your body will thank you for it afterwards like you'll feel good afterwards whereas I suppose it sometimes used to be like burn off this food or whatever it's not that anymore
0: great okay and finally can you share your top tips for improving your relationship between your mind and body and in general just like how to be kinder to yourself
1: so a big thing is it can be quite unrealistic to love your body all the time and like sometimes people will just say like just love your body and it'll be fine but like actually it's acknowledging and knowing the fact that you're not always going to have good body image days um like sometimes yeah you'll look in the mirror and you don't like the way you look but that's completely okay at the end of the day as long as you have the respect there for your body and you don't then go and engage in like toxic behaviors because of those thoughts like it's okay like and just being at peace with your body and respecting your body for all that it does for you. I like to say, like, talk to yourself as if you would talk to a friend. Like, you, there's no way that you would say the things that you say to yourself, to someone you love. Like, there's just no... Yeah, you wouldn't do that. And so it's just working on being kinder to yourself. And when you're having those thoughts, stopping and, like, recognising them and getting into a habit of recognising those thoughts, and then you can say, actually, no, like, I deserve to be kind to myself and then changing those thought patterns
0: brilliant and very on brand for brain care so the perfect place to leave it thanks so much amber where can people go and find you to follow your journey and engage let you say in some proper feed curation by following someone who's positive about body image
1: (laughs) um yeah just on on instagram so it's amber driscoll amber with an ar not er
0: awesome thanks so much for joining us
1: thanks so much for having me
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com/brainhealth to get your free score from one to hundred. See you next time.